minimalists. <laughs> Hello, Patreon. What up, patrons? Man, we've got all kinds of good stuff coming for you. Um, obviously, with the, the change in format, as you all know about, if you listen to the main episode, um, really the format that's changing isn't the, the main episodes. We're making the main episode shorter so we can share a lot more with you on on Patreon. We want to dive deep. We want to have more intimate, more personal conversations. We want to get loose with it. We're going to do that today. We have three questions from you all. And then, of course, uh, next month in February, we're going to do those four episodes. We're only going to do four episodes next month, and it's just for Patreon subscribers. And uh, we're taking the month off from, from the main feed in order to... We'll just take some t- time off for us, but also uh, make sure we're still supporting our, our Patreon subscribers. Jeff asks us, are there any collections that Joshua and Ryan still struggle with? And Sean, you can't put this one as the snippet for us because I, 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 don't, I don't want this getting out there. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to have to pay to get this information. <laughs> no, I mean, the truth is, uh, yeah, there's one thing I didn't I, realize I struggled I'm tr- I'm with. I'm trying it. to like guess what it is, man. Go for it, guess. I, no, I, I can't, dude. Like, I've actually kind of been, you know, loosely thinking about it since you mentioned it on the regular podcast. But like, uh, uh, clothes would be like my biggest guess. No, I mean, I don't really have a. I, my clothes are all like I have a lot of black sleeve, black long black sleeve shirts. You you <laughs> got way better style than I do, and you will. I see you wearing different things uh-huh. more often than well, everyone wears different things more often than I do. But <laughs> but to my point though, um I know that you don't hoard clothes. Yeah. But I know that your style, you you switch it up. Yeah. You so, got you got some style, dude. So you're, that's that's why I was going You're actually on to something. Okay. The way that I do it, what's that? I said it's the tie clips. Tie clips? He's got a collection anything. of tie clips. <laughs> it's a collection of clip on ties actually. Yeah. Um no, it's you're 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 actually adjacent to the thing that I'm struggling with. Hmm. Um and I didn't realize I was struggling with it till recently. Um, I have a lot of jackets. Jackets? So it is clothes. It's sort of clothes. Kind of, sort of, yeah. yeah but, and, but the reason, because I wear pretty much the same thing every day. I have like these. How many jackets do you have? Uh, you don't have to give me an exact number, but like if you had to put a number I'll tell on you it. one, two. Uh, I don't know, nine or ten? Want, oh, wow. Yeah, that is a lot of jackets. Yeah. I've got, I have three jackets. I have a light, medium, and heavy. Mm. Oh, four. My snowboarding jacket. There you go. But yeah, but but see, but to your point, jackets are an easy thing to collect. Right. Because, okay, so I've got... But I don't, they're not collectibles. I just, I have this thing with jackets, right? I'm like, oh, I want to look really great. And the thing is, here's the weird thing about those nine jackets. You wear them, I'm sure. I actually wear every single one of them. I got rid of one recently because I hadn't worn it in 90 days. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at it and I'm like, okay, I haven't worn this in 90 days. Probably not. I'm going to wear other jackets that I like better than this one. Yeah. So I'm going to get rid of it. And that's it. Uh, in fact, a fan had tweeted me about it and say hey where'd you get that that jacket and i'm like hey do you want it because i'm not using it anymore and yeah just send it off to them and so uh uh don't i mean you can tweet me if you want you all but don't think i'm gonna start giving my clothes to you but (laughs) um i i don't own i got these are my only pair of boots i have a pair of like gym shoes and i mean i have enough socks i just replaced all my underwear collection Speaking of Christmas, <laughs> it's uh, funny as an adult, like you appreciate socks and underwear. Well, <laughs> I wish I would have gotten underwear for Christmas, Ryan. So we can go back for a second. <clears throat> oh man, Vex oh, and I went to the movies on Christmas Day. So this is the most traumatizing thing. I 
I have SIBO, and I'm dealing, yeah. and it might be CFO as well, which is a fungal overgrowth, which okay. you can't really test for without scoping your gut, um, which I haven't done. I've done a bunch of tests: stool test, pee test, saliva test. I have to do a breath test today. Mm. Um, I'm meeting with my doctor. My doctor was bit by a pit viper this weekend. A pit viper. Yes, I'm assuming one, that's a snake. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the most dangerous snakes in the Western Hemisphere. Oh my goodness! Thankfully, in thirty-five minutes, within thirty-five minutes, he got the antivenom. He'd be dead right now. Really? Also, you know Tommy. He was well. Actually, you've never met him in person. Never he was on our person. podcast, episode yeah. one thirty-eight, talking about my health problems. Here's the deal: we fixed a lot of my health problems up until this summer. In fact, last summer, uh, summer twenty. 18, I was feeling the best I ever felt after two years of working with the folks at Nourish, Balance, Thrive and Tommy and Chris over there and their whole team, fixing my gut, curing my C. diff, curing my mercury poisoning, curing my brain fog, curing a lot of ailments that I had, healing my gut, curing my leaky gut. And then this fall, I just started having like crazy diarrhea. Yeah, like, right after Brazil. Yeah, after Brazil. So we thought you got food poisoning or I something. So I, th- I thought I had a parasite. Yeah. But we, so we did parasite tests. It wasn't that. Yeah. Um, and um, it just continued like daily, every single day. And only uh, it, carbs just make it worse. And, and so like mm. the only thing I can eat without staying in the bathroom all day is meat. Right. Um, that's, yeah, like that's if I, I and so on, but on Christmas, I wanted to celebrate, so I had a quarter of a sweet potato. Man. And then Bex and I went to the movies. <laughs> yeah, I, I really lived it up. I had I a quarter I, of a sweet potato. I think I know where this is going? Yes, continue. And she's like, "Hey, I'm gonna use the bathroom before uh, before the movie starts." We went to go see the the new Dick Cheney movie, Vice, which is so phenomenal. Good. So good. My. Yeah. Uh, my friend had a screener for it. Oh, really? Yeah, so we, we watched it over Christmas, too. That's so funny. Anyway. Yeah, and so we, we went to go see a great, great movie. And and uh, right before the movie, um, she's like, I'm going to go use the bathroom. I'm like, all right, I'll try to use the bathroom, too. I go up to the urinal, and uh, I go to pee, and then I fart. I think we've like, all <laughs> been here, dude. And anyone who says they haven't, I mean, maybe they haven't. No, I literally hadn't. This is the first time I've ever shit my pants. It's, it's in my it's called in my, shart. Uh, <laughs> no, nope. you sharted. No, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that the term what, what you're talking about pooping your pants when you think you're farting. I mean that's yeah, that's a shart. It was. <laughs> yeah, I think there was. A, yeah. <laughs> oh no! It's just like running down your legs. And uh, yeah, oh. I won't go into any more detail than that. I'm so sorry, but dude. I'm at the movie theater. I'm so sorry. Sh- yeah, just everywhere. And yeah, I, I gotten thankfully the arc light in Hollywood has really clean bathrooms, and uh, I was able to clean myself up. And, oh my god. Um, there weren't a lot of people in there, so that was good. Oh, dude, I'm and, so sorry. You could, you know you could like call me. And, well, I guess I wasn't here Christmas. Yeah, but, there was no. Like, buddy, hey, I will you bring you underwear anywhere, dude. You could just be like, right, I'm gonna be in the ba- bathroom of the arc light, third th- stall on the right, and I'll be there. I don't think I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> you put your foot under the stall. <laughs> it's the wrong stall. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, man, I've. I've had really bad health issues the last four months now, God, almost four dude. months, I guess. Uh, September 24th is when it started, um, after we got back from Brazil. And there's ups and downs, but there are some days where it is just... Oh, dude, miserable. Is, yeah, and, but it's also, like it's really messing with my hormones, so it's like just 
deep deep depression um but it's i recognize it too like it's this this, and it was this weekend was really really bad i felt decent yesterday i feel pretty good today uh the biggest problem i can stay off the carbs altogether but if i go for a prolonged period of time in fact this is why i brought carbs back into my diet last summer it really messes with my deep sleep if i don't have any carbs at all and so I'm unable to sleep. Like I get this, my body like gets real jittery. I'll wake up at 1 a.m. Can't go back to sleep. Wow. But if I have some carbs, I'm fine. That's what mm. I was trying to do at Christmas time. Was like I want to have a little bit of carbs, so I'm sleeping. And, mm. and, uh, and you pooped your pants. Yeah, that and, sucks. And hap- this happened New Year's as well. New Year's Day, like just all day. I, mm-hmm. I, I had another quarter of a sweet potato, and it just ruins you. Yeah, and and I, which I used to eat sweet potatoes all the time, every day. Yeah. And it's just my gut is so messed up with this. So there isn't supposed to be any bacteria in your small intestine. That's what SIBO is, small bacterial over, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth and and also with probably fungal overgrowth as well. And so uh, I was on an, uh, I was on uh, uh, antibiotics for 13 years, an antibiotic called Bactrim yeah. uh, because I had really bad scalp acne. And so my doctor's like, well, the, here, take this benign. Generally. Yeah, he, he said it's relatively benign. Relatively. I'm, yeah, I'm like relative. I should have said right, relative, yeah, relative to, to what? what? Right, yeah, exactly. Relative to what? A flamethrower? <laughs> um, and, and so for 13 years, I took a daily antibiotic. Mm-hmm. And my gut is screwed up. My inflammation is messed up. My immune set, my, my autoimmune system, my immune system. So I've got all these autoimmune issues. Dude, you, um, need, you need to you need to get that transplant, dude. <laughs> stomach transplant, poop transplant, all the fecal matter transplant. Yeah. I've actually talked to my doctors about that. The, the problem is that they do don't. It, they, I, I can, but they don't stick unless you. The only thing they're really great for is if you have C diff, which I cured my C diff already mm. without that. So it's like uh, it'll patch things up in an emergency. <laughs> Or in a really down situation, but it's not. But it's just going to patch you up. It's not going to like fix you 100. percent It's not a long term fix. It may mm. be a direction that we, we that. end up going. I'm meeting with my doctor today, um, as long as he's recovered from his snake bite. Um, yeah, but uh, anyway, uh, yeah. In the New Year's Day, like as the ball dropped, I'm in the bathroom, just like sitcom level hilarity. Except it wasn't funny to me like at the, the time. Like the Dumb and Dumber scene where he's yes. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, it's 11.59 running off. And then, like, my neighbors are playing loud party music, like, because they're all celebrating. The neighbor downstairs, like, playing drums. And I'm just in the bathroom, like, dumb and dumb. This is really, um, this has really uh, inspired me. I have a, you know, a side project I've been, you know, kind of working on over the years. And it's just different personal stories. And one of the stories is about me pooping my pants. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, have n- I have not let that story out, but thank you for giving me the courage now to consider letting that story out. Well, well Patreon, I promise you that all of our, our conversations will not be scatological. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, guys. But for anyone who's like fast, had to fast forward or gagging, so, so sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I try to make it not too, too intense. But uh, to get back to Jeff's question. Uh, so you struggle with jackets. Yeah, but here's the thing with jackets jack- slash coats. Slash here's the one thing I was gonna say with jackets. So I've got I've got a light jacket. It's like a windbreaker. Uh huh. I have a, the same windbreaker. Yeah. I've got a medium jacket that is it's a good fall jacket. Um, and it's 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 actually my favorite jacket. The it's, the style of it is I love it. Uh-huh. Um, well I really like it. Yeah. The um man I had to have this conversation with Ella recently. Um. <clears throat> Uh, about love versus like, I'm trying to explain because she, she. Well, there are so many. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I, I, I know. I, but, but like, yeah. it's, it's this conversation because she doesn't understand. She, when she comes to me, she's like, I love my new dress, mm. and I'm like, 
No, Ellie, you don't love it. You really like it, and more importantly, you enjoy wearing it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and we, have, you love your mom, right? Yeah, I love my mom. Okay, well, you love your mom. Don't you don't have to love a dress as well? It's mm-hmm. it's our whole message: love people, use things, but also enjoy the things as well. Mm-hmm. And and really, and, and I ultimately, I, I guess that's what you're saying is I enjoy the thing. But I, I, mean, I when, get when I say I, all, yeah, when I say I love something, it is it's a because it's such a commonly accepted colloquialism. Uh, absolutely. And it's like, it, it to me, it's just it just slips in. But yeah, I mean, of course, I don't, you know, my heart doesn't, you know, pound out of its chest and I get, you know, flushed when I put on the jacket. And you wouldn't be devastated if you lost it because you know it's replaceable. Right. Uh, yeah, if definitely. you lost Mariah, she's not replaceable. No. Absolutely not. So yeah, so it's like I've got I've got the light jacket, the windbreaker, I've got the um the fall jacket, medium jacket, and then I've got a heavy jacket. Uh, for when it rains and for winter time, and then I've got my snowboarding jacket. But my point is, uh-huh. is that I feel uh, very good about these jackets that I have. Mm-hmm. But I could see where it very easily can stack up because, like you said, the jackets you have, you do use. Uh-huh. And for me, it's the one way that I add the most variety. I mean, if you mm-hmm. are a viewer of our podcast. You see, when I mean, every week we're basically wearing the same thing. I'm wearing a long sleeve mm-hmm. black T-shirt. Uh, or gray t-shirt and Ryan's wearing a black t-shirt mm-hmm. and my gray is this gray I mean it's like it's slate gray it's it's a charcoal so like it's pretty much I'm wearing the same close to the same thing every day occasionally I wear a button up black shirt which you'll see in some of our photos and stuff a short sleeve button up black shirt or a long sleeve button up black shirt mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to having color and all these other things I just don't want that I don't want to get sucked back into the paradox of choice because yeah. clothes was the thing I used to struggle with and mm-hmm. I don't anymore it's so easy now I'm just like grab the shirt that's on top and I put that on I put my one pair of pants on mm-hmm. and my boots and my socks all my socks are the same color and um, I just go from there and then the way I add variety is I have different jackets and the thing about LA most of the year you can wear some sort of jacket yeah um, and so yeah it's, it's the way I add variety but for me uh, I don't collect the things but it is technically a collection of jackets sure. I suppose mm-hmm. um, however I do use them and if I don't if the ni- I always apply the 90-90 rule and if I don't if I haven't used it I'm going to get rid of it yeah I don't really struggle with any collections per se but I do have one I have a, when I think about collector's items I have one collector item and it was the Shaquille O'Neal you still have that basketball card you gave me in the fifth grade <laughs> and it's funny because like the only reason i kept it was because it, it it you know it's worth 50 bucks or 100 bucks or something right now yeah when i think at the time it was worth you know maybe a dollar uh-huh. but it sits in my filing cabinet uh-huh. and it, it it's it's it is a collectible it is sentimental um but it kind of it kind of fulfills that that need, that nostalgic need right uh-huh um, I don't feel bad about it because it doesn't it doesn't take up space in my mind. Mm-hmm. Doesn't stress me out. Um, I'm not collecting more basketball cards. Right. But yeah, I mean, if you know, there is that one. There is literally one thing that I hold on to mm. that uh, it is sentimental, and um, I know it is increasing in value, and that's why I'm, I know it's increasing in value. Yeah. So that's why I'm holding on to it, and you know, by the time we're 85 years old, you know, maybe I can like sell it and start a you know tuition fund for you know my grandkid or something you <laughs> or know it's, perhaps it'll be worth nothing that's true and too. that's okay too yeah absolutely and, and the thing is you're not counting on it no to, to, it's not an investment no for it's you. It, i don't look at it as an investment no and if it started weighing on you then I'd of course you'd get rid of it i actually it. thought i had gotten rid of it already there you go and then i came across it when i was like going through paperwork i was like oh because it's still in that big thick plastic case too so it really wasn't that hard to miss in there 
I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I put this in here with my the stuff that I filed away in here. But uh, but other than that, man, I really don't. I don't have the desire to collect. If anything, I have the desire to um, take the easy route and just hold on to a lot of just in case items. Like my junk drawer will get a collection of cables in there. Um, or uh, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, so I, <laughs> I always end up with like a collection of lint rollers <laughs> because. But those are just for one item. And I do, I do super linty. I do use them. But the thing is, is man, like I will, you know, Mariah and I will go to Montana and we, we meant to grab a lint roller and forgot. So then we got to, you know, we'll buy one 2020 rule. We'll buy one when we're there, right. but then, you know, bring it home. And <laughs> so I've got like this collection of half used lint rollers but they're you're right they are just for when right it's not a just in case thing plus you have a cat so you you need it more frequently than i would so yeah and with the cables man like i will um i will like when that junk drawer when i can't close it Uh uh-huh because it always gets to that point where you know you gotta like you gotta push down something like close it just right no i don't know (laughs) (laughs) no you wouldn't know jordan was just filming my junk drawer i was was actually a little embarrassed by it because i'm like Oh man, there are several packs of gum. Your in junk here. drawer is not a junk drawer. No, it, it is definitely a junk drawer. It oh. is it is highly organized. Yeah, it is the most organized junk drawer I've ever seen. But anyway, um, I don't know. It's so hard for me to not say drunk drawer. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we were you were giving your your talk during the lessons now tour in 2017. Yeah. Several times you said drunk That's drawer. A drunk drawer. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's possibly because you keep a lot of alcohol in it. Right. Right. That, that's what my junk drawer is just filled with, <laughs> with booze. No. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's for me, even those things that I tend to accidentally collect, mm. I mean, it is things like the 90-90 rule, uh, the twenty twenty rule. It's, it's things like that that really help me keep that stuff under control. I think that's an important thing. A lot of our collections are accidental collections, and to me, those are the most pernicious. Yeah. Because we don't realize, it goes back to the average American household has more than 300,000 items in it. It's a collection of stuff. It's one giant collection. Yeah. And we don't even realize when we're doing it because we spend an entire lifetime. My mom, when she passed, she was 64. She had 64, 65, almost 65 years worth of of accumulated possessions. She didn't set out to collect all of these things, right. all of these knickknacks. They just accumulate over time because we're not intentional about letting go. We mm-hmm. we think we're being intentional, we bring something in, and often we are, but we're not intentionally holding on to it. We put it in a junk drawer, or when the junk drawer overflows, we create a second junk drawer, or an entire basement full of bins and boxes, or an attic, you know, the, the old attics. And uh, In fact, um, my former spouse, Carrie, she, her, her mom called me a few weeks ago. Oh, wow. And uh, she, she's great. I, I love, lo- love Carrie's parents, uh, Vicky and Speedy. I don't think they're... Uh, uh, yes, his name's Speedy. Um, <laughs> What's his nickname? He's from Kentucky, man. I just love uh, how people's nicknames, it's uh, its like the obverse of what they are. Absolutely. He's <laughs> the slowest at everything. Like He does everything very, very deliberately and like, you know, folds his napkin and, and, and like, it's, he's it, uh, uh, cute as cute as could be. Um, but yeah, they, good, they found an old box of mine in their basement. Oh, so man. not only did I have an entire house full that's great of stuff it's apparently like i had a box in their basement flowing into your in-laws oh that's if you're if your junk is overflowing into your in-laws place mm-hmm. like you <laughs> you might want to really consider what you're holding on to <laughs> now you remember my junk was neatly organized yeah now what uh, was it 
Uh, now here's the thing, and she's like, I found some old, like I think it was your mom and dad's paperwork, and mm. so she's like, can I send it to you? I'm like, yeah, here's my my California address. Go ahead and send it out. Uh, and she did. I got it, and I just did not want to relive. It was my dad's death certificate. It was my mom's oh. like last will. She just typed it up when she was dying. And it's like, I've, these are things I've Josh already... Josh gets all my hats. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. She's <laughs> like, I, I, I just read the first line. I'm like, I, I don't want to... Because I've already grieved. I've I, I've lamented the thing. I had a whole grieving process. I wrote a damn book about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everything That Remains. And 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 wrote two books about it. A novel as well, As a Decade Fades, is also largely about dealing with my mother's death uh, and also my marriage ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And man, going through that was it, it was a cathartic experience that you don't want to keep reliving that. Like you don't right. want to constantly be reminded like of uh, of the death over and over and over. You have right. to you have to move on. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I I wanted to have so I, yeah, I now have the death certificate in that same file cabinet we were talking about earlier, having these these papers in there. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I ever need to reference it. There's a file in there, mm-hmm. but I don't need to go through and and re relive uh, dr- it. Yeah, re- relive up the. So sometimes these things can trigger memories, and they're not always the good memories as well. So think about that yeah. when we're thinking about our collections. Sunita's asking, "What are your non-materialistic alternatives to collectibles?" I, I would rephrase her question here. Oh, dude, I just with her question, if I may, uh-huh. just go back. I'm sorry. Freudian slip. Here? Before you no, before you rephrase it, uh-huh. there is one thing I do struggle with collecting. Oh. She talks about the non-materialistic. Dude, I have a real issue with collecting food experiences. Oh. Like I I uh I am a firm believer in food is not entertainment. Um when I you know when I have that approach with life I tend to eat really unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um but like just being at my uh you know my my Oma's over this last week it's like all the Christmas cookies and the the German treats that she brings in that I've never tried before. So I like I have this problem with like oh I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have one of this and one of that and then next thing you know I've gained like five or six pounds mm-hmm. because I have uh, not been able to control my my hoarding with food experiences. Yeah. Well, I, I, the the and when you do that when it's just like a cluttered house you appreciate the stuff less. When you when it's watered down by hundreds of thousands of trinkets, when your food experience is watered down by constant sati- satiating your palate, yeah. but by by uh, these these increasing experiences every single time, because that's what happens: is more, 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 more. Where the th- think about when you fasted for a while and you go back and eat you because I know you fast sometimes. Yeah. You go back and eat a sweet potato or a bell pepper. It's the sweetest thing in the world. Like, Man, this, this apple is so good. It's, it's yeah. in fact an apple. If you go to an apple after after a fast, it's like this is too sweet. Yeah, uh, I need the sweetness from a carrot or something, mm. uh, which sadly I can't eat right now. I literally can't eat any carbs right now. It's unbelievable. It is uh, unbelievable, man. It's just the, the bacteria in my in my uh, intestines is like, hey, we're gonna destroy you if you eat it. Um, you know, to your point too, man. Like I've never like when I think of all the treats that I just ate in my omas, mm-hmm. like there's not one of them that I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I did that. Never. I never I'm look so back glad. and say. Or, or there are a couple things I could bring up that I am, I do. I, I mean, but there, there's always an exception to the rule, right? Ninety nine point nine percent of the time, I don't ever look back and say, 
I'm so glad I ate that. You're never, but here's the thing. You're never regretful that you ate healthfully the day before. You, that, yeah, that's you true. You never look back at yesterday like, man, I wish I would that's have eaten more true. junk yesterday. Yeah, that's 100% true. Oh, dude, that's a great way of looking at it. I will tell you the three things, though, that I really love or I really enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> tell me. Kobe beef. Uh-huh. Dude, when we were in Tokyo, it's, it, it's, it's what, but it's one of those things like the apple, right? Like you, I want to have that experience only once or twice in my life. Right. Like I, it's cause it's expensive. Um, and if I had Kobe beef every single day, it would mean way less to me. Second thing is his milk bar, dude, milk bar that, that it's in LA. There's one in Las Vegas. Um, and you can just buy a little truffle. So, so I mean, there are a couple things. There was a third thing too. I can't really think off the top of my head, but, but, oh, it was, um, uh, 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 and actually, I was going to say, um, I went to one of Gordon Ramsay's restaurants in Vegas. Uh-huh. And like that was, I will not forget that experience with the Beef Wellington, um, with the, 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 the Wagyu rib cap, the uh, Wagyu tartar. Like it was just, it was, it was really, really incredible. So uh, I'm only throwing that out there because, I mean, there are still some things that, you know, I will... Um, indulge in but you feel like sometimes it's overindulging i yeah. like i've overindulged in jackets 90 like i said yeah 99.9 percent of the time it is overindulgence and i feel like crap about it later yeah yeah, yeah. and i think that's the it's funny you, you brought up milk bar uh i know you you think highly of that place it's right across the street from ella's favorite restaurant which that's is a, where you ta- met sean white <laughs> yeah I, that is so well, the crazy funny thing, so, this is the best la story we have so far <laughs> this is so good well i'm uh i'm standing in in uh tatsu and bex is going to take ella to milk bar later to, like get her you know some sort of little something gluten-free cookie or something mm-hmm. um and uh we're she loves tatsu she loves getting ramen noodles mm-hmm. uh so whenever she is in la she she we first place she wants to go can we go to tatsu mm-hmm. um uh, she wants ramen, yeah. and she gets the same thing every single time, and makes it. a mess, and loves it, and it's the best experience. So we're standing there in line, and often, actually, we it's tra- like enjoyable watching her eat it because she's like, <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> so good. We tried to go there on January first, but apparently there's some cultural thing on January first where everyone gets ramen. Mm. It must have been a three hour line, so oh my god, we were driving past like. I'm not, no. It was around the building. Oh my god! I knew if it's out the door, it's already close to an hour wait. Wow. Um, and anyway, we're we uh, we get there the next day on January second, and uh, walk in there. And I'm just standing there. I'm kind of tired, uh, just because there's all these ups and downs with what, what's been going on with my diet. I'm standing there in line, and Ella and, and, and Bex are there, and we're just waiting. The line is about to the door, so we know it's going to be good 15, 20 minutes before we can even order. Um, I'm standing there and this guy walks up to me with really nice red hair <laughs> and he's like, Hey man, I'm a big fan of the minimalist. You're Josh, right? And I'm like, yeah, what's up, man? What's your name? And he's like, it's Sean. I'm like, Oh, it's really good to meet you, man. <laughs> he goes to shake my hand. Like, I'm like, I'm a hugger, man. Give me a hug. He's like, Oh yeah, yeah. Thanks. And I, I hug him and he's like, Hey man, I just want to say thank you so much for what you do. I really appreciate it. I'm like, Hey, thanks Sean. Uh, thank you. And he goes back and then he's standing, uh, he introduced me real quick to his girlfriend or wife and and uh, we say hi to each other, and, and that's it. He goes back up to his place in line, which is like two or three slots ahead of us, and um, and then Bex just looks at me and she goes, "That's Sean White," <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Who?" Yeah, I, but I know who Sean White is, but it didn't look anything because I'm used to the Sean, long, yeah. Sean White from 2008. <laughs> yeah, 18 years ago or whatever, right? right? Yeah. Uh, and she's like, "He's the best uh, snowboarder in the world." Yeah. And, and 
I'm like, oh yeah, that's Sean White. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh my God, like I can't believe what a jerk I am. Like I'm supposed to recognize this guy, that's right? So but I just wasn't in the mode of, of recognizing uh, anyone. And he looks way different. He's far more handsome in person. He's a really <laughs> handsome man. Really handsome, really fit man. That's great. Who's well-dressed. And uh, that's so funny, dude. Sean White came up to you, didn't? And, and he's like, but I, he's like, I saw the documentary, and then like he came back up to me. Actually, his girlfriend came back up to me afterward. Yeah. And she's like, uh, I, I, while we're still waiting in line, she goes, "Hey, seriously, I, I know he just said thank you, but you don't understand how much your documentary changed our life. If it was only that compliment, dude, like that makes it worth it, man. And it was amazing. He yeah. came back up, and then we we saw each other again in the bathroom. We probably stopped and talked for like 15 minutes outside the bathroom, mm. and had really good conversations and uh i'm like man ryan is gonna be so jealous he's such a big fan and talks about you on the podcast from time to time oh did you tell him that yeah that's awesome yeah. i went and followed him on twitter <laughs> after you told me that because <laughs> well because it's funny i unfollowed everyone uh-huh. and as time moves on i'm like oh yeah I, I i wanted to follow that person oh yeah i need to follow that person anyway well that's a great way to approach social <clears throat> media social media too is like who do you miss i did that with podcasts recently mm. going back and deleting a bunch of i just deleted like all my podcasts and and then added the ones that I missed. That's awesome. Like, I really want to listen to Joe Rogan or uh, Joe Budden. That is a great idea. Or anyone named Joe, apparently. Um, <laughs> Joe Mama. Uh, <laughs> she needs a podcast. Your I, mom really needs a podcast. I keep telling her, dude. I it, keep telling her. It would be the like the most beautiful train wreck. Uh, <laughs> we, if you're listening to mom, we mean that in the most the most uh, patronizing way. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> She's not a patron. I checked. Um <laughs> No, I. Um, uh, you were going to rephrase this question before I totally made us backtrack. Well, the, the the Sean White thing was was really great because I he's probably the most famous person I've ever run into who has recognized. Uh, that's not true. I was at a, well, Matt Carney is maybe equally as famous. Yeah. I don't know. Probably not actually. But yeah. I was at a Matt Carney concert, and uh, this is a few months ago. And Bex and I are just we're not even like front row or anything. We're standing in the pit, maybe twenty rows back. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like, it parts a little bit, and he's on stage, and he's dancing around and stuff, and he just looks down, <laughs> and he looks at me and points. Yeah, that's <laughs> and I, great. Like, I'm, like, I'm, like, looking, mm-hmm. this, and then I'm, like, I think he was just pointing at me. Right. I've never met Matt Carney. I don't know him personally. And later that night, he DM'd us on, on Instagram. I was, like, hey, it was great seeing you at the concert. I'm, like... It's amazing that, because it's not us who are famous. It's this message, and we happen to be the propagators of this message. We're the faces of it, yeah. Man. Yeah, and we're grateful to be to be the ones who are able to to share that and have the ability to share it. And we're going to continue to share it. Um, and thank you, by the way, patrons. Thank you for making that possible. Ryan and I don't yet earn any money from Patreon whatsoever, but uh, eventually I, I hope to, especially with this new this new format. I, I expect that we'll get some more patrons uh, on board. Yeah. Um, but I'm grateful that you also give us the opportunity to work out some stuff. Like just have these easy conversations in front of you all as well. So yeah, Ryan, I was going to rephrase Sunita's question. What what are your non-materialistic alternatives to collectibles? I think there was a great Freudian slip here. Materialistic alternatives. I would just change to material, mm. right? Because a materialistic is is the negative connotation. Like it, if you say the word simple. Simple is not simplistic, right? Mm. Simplistic is the na- like a simplistic explanation is overly simplified. Yeah, Ma- materialistic is over material, mm. uh, and, and and so, um, but 
I think often our collectibles are materialistic. We're loving the things. And that's when it becomes problematic yeah. is when they are materialistic. But for me, when it's just a material uh, uh, collection and I truly get value from it, then maybe it's not that big of a problem. Maybe the fact that I have nine jackets and slash coats is not that big of a deal in the grand, grand scheme of things if I'm actually using them. Uh, however, I do need to be cognizant of it. Sure. Now, for me, um, I I don't hoard experiences, but for me, experiences, and in fact, consumables that are non-material, you'll, you'll find that our added value segment of the podcast is often either me recommending a movie, an album, a book, or a podcast. Mm-hmm. These are consumables in a way that I don't actually have a material item, except for sometimes with the book. But even then, you don't. You can have an audio book. You can have a, a e-book as well. They don't have to necessarily be... You know, I'm holding a physical book here, a copy of everything that remains. And it's a physical book, but the artifact itself is not what's important. It's the experience of, of reading the thing or listening to the thing. Right. And the same is true with an album. I don't have to own the, the physical CD or record. Mm. Um, I don't have to own the dvd to experience the movie it's mm-hmm. the experience of the thing and so i enjoy it, it i it's the reason i have a, a backlog of, of added value like i'm constantly like i'm not need to share, share two things today for folks and so uh yeah those are the four things that that i that i experience that are non-material items yeah yeah no i'm right there with you man i mean it's it, it for me it's about um i want to experience as much as many different perspectives of life as possible. And, you know, I can do that through a book. I can do that through uh, an album. Um, I can do that through a, a trip somewhere, you know, out a, away from my, my bubble that, that, that I'm in. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, there's so many other things out there to, to spend our time and energy on mm-hmm. rather than, you know, looking at like, Oh, what's going to be the most valuable Star Wars toy. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you said the time and energy is so important because I used to shop. I, I used to indulge in retail therapy. Mm-hmm. That was the thing for me. And it was ironic because I ran retail stores. And mm-hmm. So did you. And, and I, I would have to walk through malls all the time. Like, I'll just stop by J. Crew real quick. See what, what's new. Yeah. Uh, shopping for inspiration is sometimes what, what you would call it, right? Yeah. And, and I was walking down Melrose Avenue the other day in West Hollywood. And I walk past one of the stores and I'm like, I, like, I don't have any inclination to, like, it seems so out of place. Like I would be miserable to go in and someone's like, yeah. can I help you with something? Like now, now here's the thing. If I want to go shop for something like a jacket, mm-hmm. let's say, I mean, usually I'll buy it from a, a, a retailer like mission workshop that I already know and trust. But, um, I, even if I'm walking by a place like, and I know I want, I'm looking specifically for uh, an item. I'll go there for that item, essentially have a list of one item or, or if I'm grocery shopping, buy only what's on the list. Don't go and just say, I'm just going to go check out, see what's on sale. That is a way to have a collection run amok without even realizing. And all of a sudden you're like, man, how did I get so many clothes in my closet? Mm. Well, it's because I went shopping for them as opposed to shopping for a specific item. Yeah. Every time I find myself in that situation where I'm walking down and you know, you're walking past all those crazy shops or like, you know, you walk past Supreme and it's got this line out the door and you're like, maybe I should be in that line. What are they waiting for? 
Isn't that funny? I don't know if you go through that or not, but every time I pass a line in LA, I don't <laughs> I don't ask, but I always want to be like, what are you guys in line for? Like what is yeah. what is what's going on that's so cool? Yeah. I mean, well sometimes <laughs> What am I missing out on? When you and I are like standing in line for a concert, it's the only time we really stand in line. Uh, people will walk up and they're like, "Hey, what is this line for?" Right? Because I think we all have that that curiosity. It's kind of social experiment done with like a really long line, right? That right. is, it's just you know. I think they're. I think Supreme project. is doing it right now. You go to yeah. Supreme on Fairfax, we, they they it's an artificial sort of demand, yes. right? They they, they intentionally they're, short the supplies to create an artificial demand to create hype around the product, mm-hmm. so they sell more of it, and. Um, yeah, you see actually a few places on Fairfax that do that now. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they they intentionally limit the supply. It's a, Diamonds have been doing this for many years, right? De Beers owns, what, 90 plus percent of the diamond market, mm-hmm. uh, the, of the diamond mines. And they put out, I think it's, and, and I don't know the exact stat, but I think it's something like 2% of the available diamonds they have, they yeah. release into the public to artificially increase the price. We're talking about chunks of carbon that people are paying a quarter or well, it's three months, yeah, a quarter of a year's salary yeah. for a chunk of carbon yeah. in order to show you everlasting devotion. It's unbelievable. Now, there is a, a, a actual evolutionary reason to do that. Um, uh, um, we're not going to get into it because it's it's a really long explanation, but basically the the cost of a, a woman, for a woman to mate with a man is really high because of, of, of prior to birth control, right? Oh, right, yeah. The, if you... If you have intercourse with a man, you're likely to get pregnant and you have mm-hmm. to take care of a child for the rest of your adult life, basically, Right. Um, to, to some extent. And you have to, By the way, you have to gestate for nine months. You have to go through this whole period of pregnancy. And, and so it's a really high cost where the guy has essentially no cost. Right. And so the, the, the idea of a post-agricultural society, and of course I said I wasn't going to go into this and now I'm going into it, um, is it, uh, a man had to show like I'm this committed to you. I'm willing to give up a, thir- a fourth of my year uh, basically yeah. <clears throat> and to prove that I'm, I'm committed to you. I'm not going to do just do this willy nilly to everyone. Man, maybe I'll just give Mariah cash. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a quarter of my Will year. you marry me and you open up a briefcase. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I think that would send the wrong message, Ryan. Probably, but no, I was funny. What I was getting at is when I find myself in the situations walking past those shops, man, it's like, I feel like, well, hey, I just feel lucky or fortunate to have taken this path over the last, you know, going on 10 years now because I feel like we've prepared ourselves for living in L.A. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it feels really good to be able to go into my garage and look at all the Hummers and Mercedes and Beamers and, uh, you know, whatever, man, like all these crazy Teslas. There's a guy in my And building. I just look at him and I'm like, oh, I don't have a car payment. And, yeah. and that's what I that's what I value is being debt free. <laughs> there's a guy in my building who has uh, it's it's a decent building. I mean it's it's, it's not like uh, we're living in the Trump Tower or anything. <laughs> um, I, it's weird that that's become a political thing. Like like it's funny our our book uh, minimalism, uh, the first book that we wrote together. The first page I think. Let me let me find this real quick. I know I'm digressing, but this is Patreon. They like when we digress. <laughs> this is the foreword of the book. A brief introduction. Conformity is the drug with which many people self-medicate. Great first line, if I may say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> I second that. Uh, conformity is the drug with which many people self-medicate. Not happy? Buy this. Buy that. Buy something. Keep up with the Joneses, the Kardashians, the Trumps. 
Uh, this was way before he was our president. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and but Trump wa- was essentially the same thing as, as Kardashian at the time. It, was, it just meant like he's a billionaire role model, uh, right? Uh, opulent, uh, overindulgent opulence. Right. Uh, 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 and there's a guy in my building who owns um, two G wagons, which are the Mercedes sort of truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of them. Um, one for him, one for his wife or significant other. Yeah. Uh, he owns a Bentley and a Lamborghini. Um, and like one of them parks right next to my Toyota. And it's just like, I f- like even if I had a billion dollars, I, I mean, I'd probably buy a Tesla because I think it's better for the environment. Sure. Uh, and, and that would be important. Um, but I don't have the cash to drop on a Tesla. Right. Uh, but if I was a billionaire, it'd be like buying a sandwich or something. Right. Um, but, uh, for me, and, I'm, and this isn't me judging him. I'm just grateful that I don't want those things yeah. now. It's the thing that you were that you're talking like about. We don't there. have this. There's nothing missing from our lives. Yeah. And, and 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 if anything, that's what we're trying to do with talking about minimalism and simplicity and living deliberate. It's if you live deliberate, uh, you could have a G wagon in your life or not have it in your life. Absolutely. And you could still be happy either way. As long as you can afford it and right. you can afford the cost of it, but also the, the maintenance of it, the, the mm-hmm. psychological cost of it, et cetera. But if you don't have it, you can still live a very meaningful life and, and not desire it. Like, Oh, by the way, it's not going to make you happy. No, of course not. But it is, it is great. Like to, cause my, my, uh, 25 year old self would have been, would have felt inferior, especially cause like the, the dudes who work at our building, they drive way nicer cars. Than what I do. Same here. There's a guy in my building who parks next to me who is a uh, he, he's a guy who works at the front desk mm-hmm. and drives a Mercedes. Now it's yeah. an older Mercedes, but like it, I'm like, oh wow, like like his car is nicer the, than mine. The yeah. payment on this thing must be like yeah, so now a week of paycheck. Yeah, and there's no yeah, there's no um, there's no inferiority that I feel like now. It's more about like I am very clear on what I want, and since I am clear on what I want what other people have it doesn't distract me and to be clear i don't feel superiority either oh uh, of course not no and, and, and <clears throat> although i do feel superior to like my previous self like yeah. like i think my previous self knew that both oh, sure. both of my lexuses and my land rover were yeah. not the keys because so i was in the same boat as the other guy just on a uh dayton ohio salary and i um you know i had two lexuses and in, in, in a land rover and i I wasn't any in fact they were stressing me out because I didn't actually own them like, the yeah. bank owned them and I was on like a uh, I had a here's a funny thing I remember on one of, on the Lexus I had a 63 month wow uh, so because the, the, I guess the conventional car loan which is crazy to be paying on something for five years 60 months but they're like hey we can get your payment a little bit lower we'll stretch it out 63 months I'm oh. like oh great it's only three more months dude when you go to a car dealership and you tell them you're looking for this monthly payment, <laughs> They all they can see is dollar signs. Yeah. Oh, really? How low do you want it to be? We'll Look get at you this there. Idiot. Here's an 80-month loan. They, they are doing 84-month uh, loans in some places now. Uh, mm. Dave Ramsey was telling us I about that. I feel sorry for people who get trapped in that, man. That's, <laughs> yeah. Because cause even with, like, a house, like, that's going to retain way more value than a car. And getting yourself into an 84-month loan with a car, like, by the time that loan is up, your car is going to be worth, you know, 10% of what you paid for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We have one last question here from Proud Mama. Proud Mama says, what's the difference between collectibles and not being able to let go of the past? My husband refuses to let go of objects that remind him of his childhood, and it's making it very difficult for me as a minimalist. It literally takes up our 
whole closet because he won't let go. Mm. At least Sounds like we the- need an intervention, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to sit him down. Yeah. Listen, husband. Well, Listen, proud data. I wish we had this magic answer to be like, here's how you can let your husband, here's how you can get your husband to let go. I mean, letting go is a very individualized process. It, it, that's you, th- that's the that's the biggest most important point because there are rules that we can embark on. we we can set up these boundaries not all of them will work for everyone and by the way even when we have these rules mm-hmm. uh, let me uh, let me read this essay from Seth sure go Seth for it. Godin because this this sure, perfectly looks, encapsulates looks like a short one go for it man. yeah yeah it, this just came out uh, today actually and I was like oh man this is so perfect for proud mama's question and I think. Proud Mama, you can have this uh, this conversation with Proud Daddy, and um, and I think the two of you might be able to to realize something you're not realizing right now. It's called the thing about arguments, because that's what's happening right now. They're having some sort of argument, right, yeah. or disagreement. disagreement. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Two people have a uh, when, when two people have a heated discussion about an issue, one of three things could be happening. Number one, one of them is wrong at the moment. Each of them are sure that the other person is the one who's wrong. And that's currently what's going on in Proud Mama's situation. Mm. She, they, they both feel like the other person's wrong, right? Yeah. Number two, neither of them is wrong. They're arguing about something. Uh-oh, there's something that cut off here. Uh, what do you think that word is? Let me see here. Oh, thank God this is Patreon. <laughs> that's so funny, the share button. I know. They're arguing about something that's right and wrong relative maybe mm. Mm. <laughs> your OCD is not going <laughs> to yeah, let you yeah. finish this, uh, this essay they're arguing about something <laughs> where, where right and wrong is relative mm-hmm. uh, based on perspective so but, this is ju- just just so we can catch uh, make this coherent yeah nobody's wrong they're basing on a perspectible issue yeah and number three here's a third option they're both wrong. Mm. I think we're actually dealing with number two here, but let me continue with the the last paragraph here. Yeah. The thing is, our certainty of rightness is what makes heated arguments heated. And that's where you are right now, right? Mm. Given how unlikely it is that we're always right and they're always we're always right and they're always wrong, the heated part of the conversation is probably worth avoiding. You talked about it with your dad a moment ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, before... You can begin to work on what you disagree about. You each benefit from working on the heated part. And so I think where we're at right now with Proud Mama is they both believe that one of them is wrong. And of course, it's the other person, right? Right, yeah. When in reality, I think number two is most applicable here. Because number three, I don't think you're both wrong. No, I think they're both right, really. Yeah, I think neither. Well, actually, I think neither of you is wrong. Oh, I see what you're saying. And, yeah. and maybe that means you're both right in your own ways because he values something different from you. So maybe he does get value from these things. Mm-hmm. Now, I can, of course, tell you that it's important to let go of the past, to not cling too tightly. And you've realized that, proud mama. And bravo to you. But how long did it take you to realize that? 20 years? 30 years? 40 years? I don't know how old you are. 50 years? Maybe it took you a while to realize that. And so maybe he's it's going to take him equally long or even longer yeah. than it will. Or maybe his definition of value is slightly different from yours. Maybe his beliefs are different from yours. So maybe neither of you are wrong. It, it's just like saying, um, well, I, you know, uh, the 
I'm a really big Indianapolis Colts fan. You're a Bengals fan. I'm right and you're wrong. Well, mm. no, you're neither one of you are wrong. Right. And and that's the It's different preferences, man. It is different preferences. Now, where you are actually both wrong, so here's where number 3 applies, <laughs> is you're imposing your own beliefs on each other. Mm. He's imposing his stuff on your closet. And I think the best way to have a discussion about this is to find a way to remove the heated part of this. Yeah. So, Sean, if we can put a link to this essay in the Patreon notes, but Ryan, what are your what are your thoughts here? You know, God, do we talk about this a lot? Where someone is looking, they come to us and they say, you know, I'm a minimalist, my partner isn't, and I need them to support me. Right. And the thing is, is that if you want to be supported, you have to support other people. So, proud mama, you've got to look at your situation with uh, or your relationship with with proud daddy and really get clear on how you've been able to support and add value to his life and if you can look in the mirror and be like yeah i really you know what ryan i really have considered that and i've gone way out of my way to do that that's great then it's going to be really easy for you to go to your partner and say hey you know what um i really go out of my way to support you and it's it's going to be clear to him that you have because if you've been doing everything you can can he's not going to uh, deny it. If he does, then maybe you can just maybe give some examples. But you go to him and you say, "Hey, I, I I've went out of my way to support you. I, I'm really looking for some help here. Hmm. I have a problem. I uh, I like to keep things really simple. I really really want to use some of this closet space. Um, I really want to be deliberate with the things we have in our house." And I want you to feel like you have everything that you need, but I really, really am, you know, kind of going a little stir crazy over not having this space in the closet. Would you be willing to support me? Would you be willing to help me out? And and I'll help you in turn to go through the items one by one. Maybe you play the minimalism game, but but A, going to your partner, asking for support, um, encouraging them, helping them, supporting them, uh, taking taking baby steps. And then honestly giving them as much time as needed, like that is how you're going to turn the situation around. There is no, like throwing stuff out while he's gone, nagging him every day about it, uh, making him commit to an end date, um, maybe a start date. That might be, you know, maybe a start date would be something better, but but giving ultimatums, uh, well, that's where you get to the heated part. You that's what, what that's what causes things to get heated. And praise the successes. Amen. Every time you notice something good, it may not be where you want it to be. Mm-hmm. He may not get rid of everything tomorrow, and so you might still be upset about it. You don't want to point that out. You don't want to. You don't want to nag him. You don't want him to nag you either. Mm-hmm. You want to point out his successes. If he does something that's moving in the right direction, point that out. Praise it. Thank him. Show your gratitude. And if you show your gratitude over time, you're much more likely to move the needle than if you were to simply argue and continue the the heated discussion. The minimalists. <laughs>